You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. What's, what movie is that from? The end. Uh, that is from The Truman Show. It is. As I tip my hat. I was going to spoil the ending, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um... Wonderful movie. Yes, you should definitely watch that movie. Before the after the show discussion wasn't much. We were adjusting the noises in the room. We were it. talking about uh, you You were messing with your projector yes. on the wall. Well, I'm excited that... Uh, I get excited about things that a lot of maybe normal people wouldn't. I ordered some USB cables and a micro SD stick, air card, and a USB charger, a speaker that also has a flashlight on it and a crank thingy and a boop 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 sound. <laughs> do it. Do the sound. <laughs> and what else did I get? Uh, um, if, you're, if you're wearing headphones. What else did I get? Um, um, just get ready. This is I good. get all this because what I do is I do um, slideshows for like events and stuff, you know, family events and whatnot. Okay, I'm going to put it down here because it's really loud. All right, get ready. <laughs> Police, that is police are so in. awesome. And then, of course, you have the lovely flashlight. Hold on, just let me. That, that noise that you just did. It's a what this is is a it's a Bluetooth speaker for camping. It's got a flashlight. It's got a winder. It's got a noise. What would you use that noise for? Scaring a bear away or something? Scare a person like somebody's roaming around, or say you got an emergency. I mean, I don't know. I don't plan to go camping, but it's lovely. I would it's throw orange. that at the bear before making that noise. It is orange. It's got a big hook on the end, so I can hang it off of something. I mean, it's fantastic. And then my USB cables and my power cords and my mini SD because I want to have be a traveling slideshow. I make slideshows, put it on the thing, put it on my little tiny projector that fits on my hand now. Tiny. It's the size of like a smartphone almost. Pico projector. A little thicker. And I've got my tread my treadmill. My tripod. And uh, I'm experimenting and I'm getting ready for my class reunion and doing it so it'll project on the wall. It's not the most perfect projector in the world, let's be honest. You are kind of snobby about these things, so you're, I'm sure you're looking at it going, well, that's not perfect. But it doesn't, who gives a shit if you're just looking at pictures of you when you're in high school? I didn't say it wasn't my perfect. I know, but I know you. I mean, we have a home theater projector. It isn't that, but it Correct. is, but it is good for. And our plan is now to take it, put a, a video of some, a TV show or something on it. Point it at the ceiling and lay on the bed and watch it projected on the Which ceiling. Because it's fun. so awesome. So. That's why I'm so excited about my... It's like Christmas. I opened my box and there was, was all thinking, my cool you, stuff. I was thinking about them little Pico projectors. It was like, you can get them for like $85 or $80. Even less lumens, though. The one I've yeah. got's pretty low. But if you've got a dark bedroom, like mm-hmm. your kids, for instance. Say you've got kids and there's nowhere to put like a giant TV. You could actually have yep. a giant projector on the ceiling. You can lie on it's the bed. It's not the most again. versatile, like flicking around and stuff, because there's no remote. You can get with them with remotes now. They're a little, they're more expensive, but you can get one that has. Yeah, there's a, no reason to flick around. Once well, there you is if you're a little child. Though. You can't miss it. With, kids aren't going to sit there and watch the whole thing. They're going to want to change and. No, I mean around. once you've got your like your Xbox on, your TV is rooted through your Xbox, and you can do your games, your TV, your whole thing. You never have to change the input on your device. So you're saying children are going to have all that in their room. A lot of children have video games. Not little children, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to hook it up to a thing, but you don't have to hook it up to a thing. It has a memory card thing in the side. I put the video on it, slap it in. That's it. You don't even have to hook it to anything. No, you. so you can literally take this tiny thing the size of a packet of cigarettes, go outside, 
Don't use that analogy. That's, that's <laughs> kind of what it is. It isn't, actually. It's the size of a smartphone, only to, like, about double thickness. Go outside, project it on the side of your house, for instance. You can easily get, like, a 100-inch oh, yeah. image. And um, you can hook the audio to a Bluetooth speaker, and you can li- watch it a movie It's still speaker, so you can listen to that, but it's pretty poor. But yeah. it works, so I'm excited. What's pretty poor? The sound coming out of that speaker. If you're watching a movie... Oh, it's got a tiny speaker on it. It's like it one watt, though. Yeah. I mean, it's not good enough. Um, but with See, Bluetooth... There's your snobbiness. No, I mean, you couldn't <laughs> sit outside and all watch the movie through that speaker. There's... I could, by myself, yes. No, I mean, yes. if there was a pile of you. You would not. No. It wouldn't work. It's too small. It's like, it's it's quieter than your cell phone speaker. It's pretty quiet. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that's our advertisement. For that's been my whole day, really. I've been the pre-before-the-show discussion. <laughs> So um, it is Saturday, August the 20th. This is after the show number 441. The movie we're looking at this week, because we are a Blu-ray movie review show, um, is The Huntsman, Winter's War. It's a 2016 movie, released on Blu-ray August the 23rd. So you can pick this one up on Tuesday. It's rated PG-13, and it's from our friends at Universal. And also, I just want to mention at this point... If you want to win a copy of The Huntsman Winter's War, I've got two Blu-ray copies for giveaway. Go to ascully.com slash contest and enter to win. Um, USA entries only. Thank you. Bummer. So, uh, Sita, what's the synopsis of The Huntsman Winter's War? Well, it's, uh, it is The Huntsman from Snow White, apparently. Well, as we know. It's like a... I don't know how to describe it. It's his story before he meets Snow White, and then the tail end of a part of the story after yeah. he's known Snow White. So there's like the evil queens involved, and love interest, and magic. And there was a... That, that's about it, really. We reviewed uh, the previous movie, so go and look at our review and listen to our podcast of Snow White... And the Huntsman. And the Huntsman. <laughs> and that was from 2012. And I'll tell you, is... I was not expecting much because I don't. I remember liking it. It was fine. It was fun. Yeah, I liked, we liked at least it. their own. All that co- it was cool. I'm not a fan of that young lady much, really. It was she was kind of flat. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, but in this one, I was like, okay, here we go. They're just trying to capitalize on something strangely because that one wasn't even a success. So why not would really, you? No. Why would you make another one? But you've read about it, and on the the dark side of Hollywood, there are lots of contracts involved, and people say, look. You signed up for five movies. We're going to make five movies with your face in them. And so this is kind of, I think, a product of that. But surprisingly, and I was, sat, I sat down. We, do you remember Red Riding Hood? It was awful. It was awful. Yeah. And Huntsman. It had such promise. And Huntsman and Snow White and the Huntsman was nowhere near as bad as that. It was just, you know, an all right fantasy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's a fairy tale movie. So what I was expecting today was just an average, another average fairy tale movie. Probably be all right. Probably have some good special effects. Plus, I think I doubt I'd be have, raving about yeah, it. Yeah, I any think way. when you have a prequel to a movie you've already seen, it's like I already know yeah. how everything ends up. I do like how this is a prequel and a sequel <laughs> at the same time, and it actually works. It's not like it's doesn't feel shoehorned. It's just here's a bit of an origin story of something, and here's the continuation of the movie you saw last. I like that because it actually did fill in some blanks that beginning part and. There are some questions I have to ask. <laughs> For example. About continuity between the two. Okay. Seemed to me, in the first movie, when the Huntsman met Ravenna, they'd never met her before. It seemed very clear that they had never met before. 
In what? When the in this one? No, in the original. When he meets Ravenna and she tells him to go and uh, kill Snow White. I don't feel that they'd ever met before. They hadn't. He'd never met her. But he met her in this movie. Yeah, he knew her in this one because she remembered him from that incident. Yeah. But he'd never met her before because he's from the sister's kingdom. Yes. See, so she had Was ne- the sister even mentioned in the first one? Don't know. See, this, there are some things where I was like... Yeah, he had never met her before. Yeah. Like, in The Huntsman, he'd never met her. Right? So that's a chunk of this story plucked out of the middle. Yeah. He was raised in the, other, in the sister's kingdom. Then he met her with the Snow White... And now he's meeting her again, and that's why she remembers I thought him. Ravenna, in the first movie, mentions the Huntsman. She says something about him being a drunk, or... Like she's already met him. That's true, because she had... Well, she might have heard about him. Heard about him. It must yeah. have been that, yeah. Because of what we see in this movie. Yeah. He goes off, you know. But the sister... I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, there are things where but I'm, I'm like... But I'm sure the people who it wrote it convenient. watched the first yeah. one. Well, and... yeah. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe they thought, maybe nobody remembers the first one, so we can have a bit of artistic <laughs> license with the script here. So, while I was just saying that I didn't expect much from this movie, and I thought, going into it, it would be just mediocre another one. It was actually slightly better than mediocre another one. It was. It had a more clear direction than the first one did. I thought the first one rambled all over the place. It was um, not particularly focused. This one, when you actually... There's an adventure in this one that you go on, like a journey. And once that journey starts, which is about 20 minutes into the film, once it, once it hits the sequel part of the movie, you're on this little clear adventure. It reminded me a bit of like an episode of The Hobbit or something, you know. We're going to get this thing... There'll be some perils along the way, and you'll be with a bunch of characters you either like or you don't like. Luckily, they, the seven dwarfs are not in this movie. They were kind of irritating, I thought, in the first one, even though they're kind of well done. But they just chose two dwarfs in this one, who I actually really liked a lot. Like, they were funny, they were dry enough, that it's my British sense of humour kind of thing. And, and it wasn't that... It wasn't cheeky. Yeah, it was little... But not like... But not annoyingly uh, Exactly. Yeah. Like, we have seen it annoyingly done in The Three Musketeers, Ugh. the one that Mila Jovovich... You know I hate that. Man. Yeah, and that had that horrible character, which was like, it's just vaudevillian and weird. These two dwarves were, I found funny. I like that they could swear in this movie, even though it's a PG-13. There's a bit of swearing going on, there's a bit of sexual talk... He says something about... Do you remember that That actual... I was surprised that line was in it. The one about getting getting wet, getting a wet somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... Well, they could be talking about lips, but that's probably not what they're talking about. So I was surprised. There was a few things in this movie. Um, some things that the dwarves say, they swear at each other, that you don't generally see in this type of movie, because it's usually aimed at kids. I think kids. that's the thing we did like about yeah. the original as well, is that it's not... not. It's doing the dark side of what fairy tales... Because if you think about fairy tales, any of them, any of them, not Snow White, um, Rapunzel... They're fucked up. They're told a Sleeping Beauty. This is an evil witch, always, almost always, an evil witch stepmother, who has, in some way, either attempted to murder, or cast a horrible spell on, or tortures, or keeps slavery, in slavery, like Rapunzel, or in captivity, at least, a young child... For all of their life. 
in the only because of their own greed and in ego, right? Vanity so that's in this horrible. Case. Yeah. It's dark, and it should be dark. I mean, this movie even skirts around it a bit. I want it even to be darker. I want to see a fairy tale that's like not Once Upon a Time from TV because they try, but it's still TV, you know. No, and Disney. So I want to see like really gut like how yeah, horrible I know it would like be, a, like an actual yeah. If an evil witch has like the, power, the witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's not. Yeah, but that's even scary that's based on like a folklore thing. Yeah, but that is like so now folklore. Yeah, is always creepy. Yeah, fairy tales try to dress it all up. You know what I mean? As long as you got your fairy godmother on your side and some mice that you can turn into. Tim you know, Burton skirts the messing with fairy tales so much they become kind of creepy and weird. Like but they're not dark. Right. Darkness is what I'm, I mean. I'm talking like grit. You know. Yeah. Like, terrible. Like Game of Thrones mixed like with Snow hostile. White. <laughs> yes. But Snow White. Yes. <laughs> um, ooh, ooh. So I, I I thought this movie was genuinely an improvement on the first one. And I think that might be because everybody in this movie seemed like they were having a good time making it. It seemed upbeat and interesting. You know, there was we'd watched the gag reel on this movie and it was quite clear everybody was having fun on the set. The first one seemed a bit too serious and up its own ass for its own good, like. See, that's the director being super serious. I do, and this is a different director who's brought a different feel into it. Um, It doesn't even necessarily need you have to seen the first one because it is... Liam Neeson does this voiceover at the beginning. Which is weird because it doesn't exist in any other... No. It's not like he's a storyteller or that he's... He does a narration at the end and the beginning. The only reason it's there is because we have this other movie where you have to explain. And if you haven't seen it. But but he does explain it enough. It's very brief to you. If you've not seen the first movie, this movie will work also. Perfectly. You won't not understand anything. Um, Now, I think this movie has some problems. There are some problems. (laughs) Yes. One is some of the CGI is amateurish almost. It's not quite up. You know those like monsters. Yep, that's there's it. Not, there's, I like the um, bear that it was good. She was, uh, the queen. She looked like she was sitting on it. It looked right. Yeah, she's riding on a bear, and it reminded me of the Golden Compass, and it looked really good. It was the goblins. Yeah, that were really bad. The, the, some, the, the close one was great. There, yeah, there were some goblins. There are only. Actually, they're the only creatures in the movie, right? They're the o- really the only... Anti- yeah. yeah. Well, no, the little fairy yeah. empty things. But these goblins, they move very weird. They don't look like real. They, they like, move kind of jerky. It's not It's not precisely... It doesn't look like anything else that's moving. So it, I didn't like it. I didn't like the design of the goblins. And I also thought the goblins were kind of incidental. It didn't really yeah. matter. Unless we were going to really make a thing have out a of wall. like the orcs or something, yeah. or have one of them, I'm I'm using a trope here that sounds really lame, but maybe one of them that will communicate and kind of. There's nothing. They're not quite it. as horrible as you think they are, but they're just there as another opportunity danger. to have a. It's just uh, danger. Yeah, and they steal the thing. The it's mirror. It's kind of interesting because they like shiny stuff. Yeah. And that's it. Like, there's no. Like, that's just weird to me. They could yeah. have said something other way. They actually, they're going to sell it to the queen or they're going to do something with it, but it was just but, an opportunity. But I only CGI. have two issues with the film. <laughs> One is that CGI on those on those um, orcs. It didn't look like 100 and... 
$10 million movie to me. It looked a bit cheap. And secondly, um, Chris Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain have these weird accents. It's Scottish and Irish mixed together. That's what it is. And I just read something about them both. I was like, why are their accents so bad? Just, I, you know, I've said to you previously, I hate it when British people are forced to do an American accent in anything. Just let them be British and be done with it. Just let these people be American and be done with it in this movie. That is my opinion. They don't need to sound like Shrek. Because Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth sounds like Shrek half the time. I mean, it just... it. Sometimes I don't know what he's saying. Me either. Sometimes I can understand her, but it's a shitty accent, and you can tell she's doing an accent. Sometimes I don't know what he's saying at all. The two British dudes who play the dwarves, I perfectly understand them. They're British dudes, right? They actually speak that way. But for some reason, and I don't remember... I mean, it's been a few years now, the first movie... I don't remember Chris Hemsworth having this accent in that movie. I don't even think he he did. So, I don't know why they somebody should have said, "Listen, did Chris, he not have it in the other one?" I think he had it, but not. I don't yeah. think he developed it as much as this. He's developed it so much you can't understand it half the time. I think that is bad. I also think it it just sounds wrong because <laughs> I know how he speaks and I know he's not British. So that is he's Irish. He was being Irish. Uh, I, I know he's not being Irish. I know he's... It, well, the actual accent that comes out of him is Irish and Scottish. Yeah. All mixed together. Yeah. You can't even tell. As a British person, you're like, wow, that's a hybrid person. Like, it's weird. So that was my problem. Those accents from those two lead actors and that CG. Rest of it, story. Um, special effects in other parts, fantastic. The special effects that were to do with ice or to do with the mirror... I think were really, really on point and really good, especially the special effects when it comes to Charlize Theron, the gold effects. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, it looked really good. So I don't think those two things, the accents and the bad CG in that one scene, are enough to ruin the movie because I actually enjoyed the whole thing. Um, I I think it is way better than the first one, and I think if you like um, fairy tale type movies, this is a good example of a fairy tale type movie. Are you uh, on the same page with that? I think it fits with, to me, getting closer to that darkness of what an actual evil witch. Like a grim evil... fairy tale, like like well, there's a grim. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but yeah. um, it gets close to that, and so I'm I'm right on the edge, like oh yeah, because they're she's actually fucked up, like yeah. her head. I mean, it's really cool. It's dark, she does. Yeah. really dark. So I love that. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And while we do know the horrible thing, the catalyst for all of it. And then the other sister kidnaps children and turns them into huntsmen and whatnot. Yeah, that's the other horrible. sister's just as bad. But see, if you think about that, that's not that doesn't go quite... You have to really convince yourself how terrible that is because they don't really keep on you about it. How terrible she is. Like, that's horrible. Right? Yeah, she, she's the, so ice, I like the, idea. the ice queen, right? Yeah. And she takes off to one side, it might sound familiar, takes off to another side of the um, Not king- really, that's, kingdom. The, that's the end of the familiarity. And she, she uh, makes an ice castle, and she... Murders people? One of, the first <laughs> rule of the ice kingdom is you can't love anybody. Right. Love is actually, um, you know, forbidden. 
If you do... So uh, she's kind of the opposite of Elsa, because Elsa yeah. says, let it go. She, This lady does not let it go. No, and if you do uh, love somebody, uh, shit Death. will happen to you. Yeah. So, so I that. did like... I enjoy it because... I, I was getting that, like, wow. I, I And plus the performances kind of help you with that. Charlize Theron and her and Emily Blunt, they both... They're both excellent. ...had moments of where they're really, like, em- like doing it right, you know, yeah. for me. So even though, you know, I enjoy that a lot. Even though when we saw the gag reel and the extras in yeah. that room <laughs> when Charlize Theron and, and Emily Blunt... <laughs> it's it's quite... it's a, You're in this costume. It's very... It Serious. Seems, Feel serious. And surreal a little bit, and it doesn't seem like there should be any humour involved in that whole thing. But those two, they can pull it off. Like, yeah. They just drop that thing and just be very serious about what they're doing. And I believe that they're sisters and the whole thing is evil and... Now where I have the... My few issues are, if she's the Ice Queen and she's so... She can build her castle, she can do the ice thing up between everybody, and we're not seeing any negative effects on her. Like, if you watch a lot of sci-fi particularly about aliens or anyone with superpowers or with some sort of injected power. If they use them too much, they Yep, something happens. Strange things, for example. Yeah. The more she uses her thing, her nose, little nosebleeds. Um, so we see no af- no negative effect of her. She doesn't get tired. She doesn't sit down. She doesn't go like, whew, that was hard before. Therefore, I don't understand why she needs an army. She has no reason to need an army. All she has to do is walk through the countryside and kill Freeze everybody. That's all she has to do. She can do all kinds of tricks and weird stuff with freezing people. And In fact, like, when she was walking, If she wants to kill everybody, she can freeze all the water and so nobody has any water to drink. When you know. she's going through the countryside on a bear, everything around is freezing. Exactly. <laughs> so why does she need an army? All she yeah. does is just roam around and everyone will like succumb to her because you know, they don't have a choice. I mean, yes. So that's one issue. My other issue is hiring what you call an average-sized person instead of a little person to play a little person's role. Now, I'm not an advocate for any kind of minority groups or anybody at all. Not at all. I'm not saying that. However, it just seems rude to me because we don't put blackface on a white actor, generally speaking, except for that one movie with... Bamboozle. (laughs) And the one with the uh, thunder something. I always forget the name of it. Oh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. So, I mean, in jest, which I don't know how jestful it is, but I'm just saying, we don't do that. You don't generally, um, well, you can't make a fat person be skinny, but you can go the other direction. But you don't generally, like if there's a movie where it calls for someone to be really oh, super obese, they'll put a fat suit on them. But most of the time, you don't even get that. You get, you'll have a larger person playing a larger person's role. So why... Except for name recognition and to play with your little toys, would you reject the idea that there are going to be people, and they're called, I mean, I don't know, people of smaller stature, little people of America, um, who are fine, uh, performers just like everybody else. You know, we've seen several in our lifetime, and that, I just think, why not? Like Peter Dinklage did say the other day in an interview, he gets offered everything where where they need a dwarf. Yeah. Right? Everything. Like, he, he pro- was probably offered this role. He says he gets offered all of it. Because only... In in Hollywood, the only dwarf-type body they can think of is Game of Thrones' Peter Dinklage. They don't think of anybody else. I don't like know, that's true. That's why he said... I think, of, he said, he I think said, of Willow. Yeah, okay. but he said that currently, ah. everybody thinks of him. Because he's very famous, right? Because of Game of Thrones. And he just refuses roles where they say, you're a dwarf in a thing. Yes, he's a dwarf in Game of, in Game yeah. of Thrones. 
But he says that's not what he wants to do. He doesn't want to be in everything. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want to be little, all seven of the dwarfs. But that doesn't mean anything. He has a lot of power and money. He doesn't have to say right. yes. There are a lot of actors, performers. But what needs to happen? Who would say, I would be, instead of having a regular sized person, I don't know how to say it, average sized person, go to all the technical difficulty just because you want that actor's face, and then they use little people as, as the, the body as double. As the body doubles, yeah. So it's just like an insult. And I think, well, do those, there's going to be, we need to, Level the playing field. I have to say, mean, though, it, in this movie, it is particularly it does, well done. It does look good, yeah. but my issue is I would have been just as happy to have skilled performers who happen to be little people be in those roles. I don't need them to be famous people. Peter, yeah, but the way Hollywood works, in their eyes, it does need to be famous people. And when we look at the roster of uh, dwarf people who are famous, there are not that many. We can only think of a few. Right, but that's because of this. That's if because just, of the Hollywood If you would thing. just put two men, middle-aged, uh, little people, men, little men, <laughs> I don't know, I'm hoping I'm not offending anyone, but I mean, just saying, if you would pick a couple of highly talented, really funny, well, well, good performers to do this, and that then, maybe this movie wouldn't make them famous, because I don't think it had many people will, watch uh, it, but I'm just saying, you elevate then their profile and their face and their name, and if they're good, then they're going to get another role that doesn't have to be there's, a little person. There's one movie in the history of time <laughs> that did it perfectly right, and it is Time Bandits. You reckon? All the Time Bandits actors are all little people. N- not not en- hardly any of them were particularly famous at the time. A couple of them were. But um, they were all great actors in that movie, and they were actually little people. No trick of the camera. No, like, oh, we we'll get normal, not normal, <laughs> average-sized people and just trick it like they've done in this movie. Correct. But I didn't have a problem with it in this movie because it was particularly well done. But I see what you're saying. It's that is a thing that needs somebody like Peter Dinklage needs to fight for all. Yeah, because you're are... going to a huge amount of effort because it's Snow White, and we know Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay, that's it's yeah. a given in this movie. But you're going to a lot of effort. To not hire a person who would be exactly right for the role. And so I just, that kind of bugged me, even though they were fine. They looked fine. The scaling was good all the time. It Peter like Jackson needs Hobbit. to watch this movie. <laughs> exactly. And this is how Ugh. you do that. In The so Hobbit bad. is not how you do it. The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings yeah. is really bad. Yeah, it's like all right sometimes and then really weird another yeah. time. In this... I was I totally bought it the entire time. These two guys are not little people. No. But I, I thought it was face replacement. I said to you, how yeah. is it so good? Like, it doesn't look... But it isn't that. It's, it's a face replacement. It's You've got body doubles with the masks like, of their face and yeah. then them. Yeah, their- and it's, I mean, it's extremely simple. It's um, sometimes, they're on, sometimes the other actors are on something higher up, mm-hmm. which is what they did in The Hobbit. They just didn't do it very good. But uh, it's fantastic in this movie. And those two guys... You don't really like Nick Frost, but no. I feel that you enjoyed Nick Frost yeah. in this movie. Better than usual. Because they, they both got it. And exactly they stayed, what it was. stayed at a nominal level of yeah. goofiness. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to the cast. Chris Hemsworth, you might know as Mr. Thor. From or from Cabin in the Woods. Or the guy who tries to jump over the thing on a motorbike. I remember when we started to watch Cabin in the Woods. And the very beginning of it, 
I was suckered in, you were suckered in, and you're seeing these stupid idiot people like, oh, going God. on a trip, and you're like, oh this my God, no wonder, no wonder nobody, because they put that movie <laughs> way out after he became famous, yeah, remember? Did, yeah. So you're like, ugh, no wonder. And then as the thing went on, you're like, this is so awesome. That, that is one of the best um, turnarounds in a movie. It really is. Where you don't see, yeah, if you see Cabin in the Woods, it's awesome. It's uh, really, really good. Every Halloween, we should, I bought it on Blu-ray, so we should watch it again. But anyway, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, Cabin in the Woods, plays the Huntsman. What did you think of him in this? Aside from the dodgy Aside from the accent, he's just fine. He's charming. He's kind of charming, not charming to me, but he's... I'm sure the ladies like him. Appropriately funny enough to make it not... You know, sometimes I have a problem with the movie that, that won't commit to either being extra goofy. You know, we have, like, Into the Woods, which is total fairy tale, and you're over the top on everything, so I can accept... The terrible Captain Kirk. Another Emily Blunt performance. Correct. And on the other side, then we have, like, what is an actual fairy tale one that's really grim that, that we've seen? I don't know if there is Probably one. that Red Riding Hood, even though it's not good. It, it wasn't was very good. committed to being dark. It wasn't silly. But it didn't do it well. Right. But this movie, while it does kind of eh, teeter a little bit, it does go dark. And I like that he was enough. He wasn't brooding. He did have, like, Overly quippy serious. stuff yeah. going on, but it wasn't annoying. I think he was more brooding in the first one. Like you said, it was way more This had a different heavy. tone. Yeah. Charlize Theron plays Ravina. Um, she was fantastic in the first movie, actually, the standout thing of the first movie. She's really great in this one, too. She's like, there's something about her, isn't there? Like, it's very easy to watch her. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, she's <laughs> she's real, like, like Mad Max Fury Road. Yep. There's something real effortless about it when she's when she's doing it. She's doing it. She commits, and sometimes yeah. she's a little over the top. But that's the drama of a an evil, that wicked fits queen. This. Yeah, yeah. Because this is going the route of give her the big dress and the big collar and the weird shit you coming out of her. You can't not be that. You have that. to be. That's the yeah. that's the fairy tale book evil witch. Yeah. Um, if she were to play an evil witch, but like a more like, stripped down. What's the other one that we've seen that I'm thinking of? Was she in another one? No. What I, was it? It might be the one I'm recommending this week, Maleficent. That's it. Angelina That's something with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, that yeah. one's good. That one goes to the dark a she little more, actually but committed not fully. To that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of her up against, like, this forest of men or something. Yeah. That's part of it. <laughs> Maleficent was actually really good. It was. That's why I recommended it. So, um, yeah, Charlize Theron is excellent in this movie. Um, she's not in it tons. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's not a shell. If she's kind of the main thing on that cover, I, I see her. If you look at the cover, I know they're all on it, but I see her when I'm looking at that yep. cover. That's not really what this movie is. It's bookended with it's her. It's just to yeah draw you in. Um, so Jessica Chastain is the new actress in this movie. She plays Sarah. She's the. Is it a, spoilers? Spoiler alert! The Huntsman in the other movie. I think it was mentioned that he had a wife and she died. Yep. That's why he was troubled and yeah. drank and right. well, and why he hated the queen. A hey, queen. His wife that died? That's her. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Chastain. Um, I really like the actress, Jessica Chastain. I hated the accent she did, but, you know, everybody was trying to do that, I think. But she's good. Do you know what she reminded me of, though? And I, I, it kind of that kind of lows it for me. Evangeline Lilly in The Hobbit. It's like she was just sandwiched in as a love interest. Like, oh, I disagree. How, I feel that's how she feels. Like, uh, like we need a female good guy 
so here she is. I disagree. But in The Hobbit, when, when they put Evangeline Lilly in it, it was just like, yeah, but well, that isn't Legolas this. needs a love interest. So here she is. I don't feel like that in this one at all, because she actually takes control. She has a scene where somebody interjected with the writing and said, we're sick and tired of the woman, even though how strong she is, the dude coming along and just being like, it's all about me I mean, she's it's strong, my story. So wrong, she breaks that a little bit. It's not fully broken, but I feel... No, I feel... But I like her. Yeah. And uh, when she does the action scenes, they're pretty good. She does a lot of like rolling around and jumping up and down. Pretty good. I don't know if it was her or a, or a body double. Could have been a body double. <laughs> um, Emily Blunt plays Queen Freya, the sister of um, Charlize Theron. Excellent. I love Emily Blunt also. I think she does these kind of fairy tale things because we have seen her in Into the Woods as well. Quite well. I think she's she likes this kind of thing. Um, she plays this ice queen. She gets to do a lot of special effects out of her hands. A lot. It's really good. Yeah, uh, but she plays it right. She's got a different personality to her sister, and I felt that, and I felt their relationship, because it's very strained. So, yeah, I liked her. Uh, Nick Frost and Rob Byron play the, these two dwarfs in this movie, Neon and Griff. Um, they are the comic relief in the movie, but, again, neither of them are annoying. I like Rob Byron. He's Steve Coogan's writing partner. I've always liked him. I think he's really funny. He's very dry and funny. And Nick Frost, who you actively dislike, I believe. Yeah, actively. I would like the campaign to have him banned from do you, Hollywood. Do you dislike <laughs> him in Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, that's where I started disliking him the most. Until he turned into a zombie, so, and that was fine. Spoiler oh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him. Um, well, and I didn't and really in this, like you him. do like him, right? didn't really like him in the Hot Fuzz. Isn't that right? Yeah, he's in all of those. All not that great. He's in any movie with Simon Pegg like that. He was in the. Um, He's just too World's much. End. Now I think I, I seem to be digging up something where we've seen him in something, and I was like, "Oh, it wasn't too bad." You actually really liked him in the World's End, which is the third of the Cornetto trilogy. Thing. There we go. Yeah. That was you better. liked him in that one. I forgot he was in it, but because he was go. different, he was real different. He blended in. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Nick Frost is really good. Rob Byron is really good, and their sense of humor is almost exactly the same. So the things that they say to each other are fun. You know, it's it's funny rolling off each other, and again. There's two two other dwarves introduced later in the movie who are female dwarves. Sheridan Smith plays Mrs. Bromwyn, and Alexander Roach plays Dorina. And they are like the perfect female dwarf characters. They are as soon as they arrived, I was like, oh wow, these two are awesome. Like it's these aren't just silly throwaway. No, no, characters. I would they've I would got, watch a whole movie about yeah, those. Yeah, they've two. got something. In fact, the they third movie over. could be their movie. Just them. Yeah. I think it would be awesome. And she is awesome, Sheridan Smith, in this. They but got again, the... these are not women who are little people. These no. are average these... size women, and they're put into the. But you wouldn't place. really question no. it. It just and they're funny, and she's sassy, like she's yeah, yeah. Gives the two men dwarves who think women dwarves are kind of stupid and gross. She gives them, but she thinks they are too. But yeah. that's uh, their so thing, I guess. It's really fun. Like the, f <laughs> I, I always I wanted more of them. Like together, but they, you know, they kept it small. Like, kept it small. Duh. This is directed by Cedric Nicholas Troyan, and it's his actual first film as a director. But he did the special effects on the last movie. He's a special effects guy. He's done special effects on a lot of movies. So, what did you think of his direction? I think it is better than the direction of the first movie. I do too. It's 
fairly straightforward, other than the vibe of it all. I that think we he get brings the cheekiness more... Yeah. And the, you know, she, Shelley's their own, and Emily Blunt are allowed to go to that really dark, uh, kind of emotional spot where, you know, then we have the love story and we have the funniness. It I think doesn't have let, that serious. Up the its own the ass other one kind of isn't. It, the other one, the first movie, the reason it's not great is because it never tries to be funny. It, even the dwarves turn up in the first one. And they're all like really super famous people, like Bob Hoskins, and they're all trying to outdo each other. And I remember it feeling that way. Like, yeah. Oh, all these big names, like I think Michael K, whoever they were, all the big names in there, all trying to outdo each other. But it all isn't. All the partic- big names. But it isn't particularly funny. In this one, they dialed that back by just having these four. It was better. I just think the vibe of this movie is better. They should, if they're making a third one, they should keep with the vibe of this one. Um. So yeah, directing is quite good, and the special effects were also quite good. Extras on this Blu-ray, there are a few. Um, there's the making of the movie, which actually I chose the... Oh, I want to see how the dwarves were done, because I thought it was all face replacement, CGI. It is not that, and they show you how it's done. It's really cool. Um, the second uh, thing is um, there's a gag reel that is actually really long. <laughs> Did you not think that was long for a gag reel? They're usually about a minute long gag reels. This I think one they just, just seemed must to have been like, wow, they've done a lot, lot of gag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the funniest thing about the gag reel, I thought, was the amount of times a plane flies over while <laughs> yeah. they're trying to do dialogue. That's what I was saying. Where did they film it? Yeah. It seemed like they filmed it right next to an airport because as, as this gag reel moves on, you can see that they have dealt with this so many times, they just put the finger in the air, like we do on this podcast when you're going to cough. They just put the finger in the air as though, like, we stop now, right? Because there's a plane right above us. Um, that would be so awkward, but it's just, you're just make-believe. It's not like you can get pissed about the world doing what it's got to do while no. you sit there and play pretend. I also like the gag reel part where it was like Charlize Theron and Emily Blunt when they're actually supposed to be fully in character and Charlize <laughs> Theron's child, which is just off the set, starts crying, crying talking, talking. And she's like, she's in her outfit, and she's all, yeah. she's down. She goes, "Honey, mommy's trying to work," yeah. and you can hear this kid like, and she says, "You're going to have to leave if you keep doing that." <laughs> and you can tell he's not paying he's attention. He's just screaming and crying and like yelling that because like she's his mom. But right? it's like so. real life is just going on. People, everybody's exactly. a normal person, you know. She's a mom, and the kid's just over there while she's being this terrible queen over here. I thought it was really funny. So the extras are pretty good. Um, this it's enough. Yeah. Uh, so, in conclusion, I recommend this movie. I think it's really fun. If you want a fun Saturday afternoon, which is when we watch movies, get some popcorn, watch a fun fairy tale. Um, maybe little kids, it might be a bit much for her. I don't know. I'm not in Depends tune. on the kid. Yeah. Um, because it does get quite dark. Somebody said on the IMD board, board's that I can't, my kid can't see this because there's a sex scene in it. If you, the sex scene... I'm doing it in air quotes. Is literally some kissing. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's a, not and too an impl- serious. implication of some sex goes on. That's it. It's not like, you know. Because how would that parent know it? Somebody said on, or, or it says on the ratings thing. Oh yeah, mild sex scene or something. And she was like, "Well, I can't take my kid." But it is not. It's it's so mild. It's kissing. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, and it's kissing, and it's implied that she's wearing no top. Correct. 
but you don't see anything. So that's about as far as it goes. So kids, yeah, you, you kids can see it. I think they'll laugh. I think they will. Is that you? You bet. You decide to parent all the children. I will parent them all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing vulgar in this movie. So uh, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. We'd recommend it, right? It's fun. It's fun. Um, and when you, if you say, do you recommend the first film as well? First film is quite different, I think, and I think they would feel quite different back to back. I think this tells you all the story you need. Yeah, I think this be is better. And then maybe we can make a better Snow White movie. <laughs> yeah, in the future. Yes. So, uh, if you want to enter a contest to win one of these, uh, Snow, not Snow White. I'm Snow White on the brain. The Huntsman Winter's War. If you want to win one or two copies, go to ascully.com and you can win one. And next week's Blu ray review will be The Nice Guys, which is from Shane Black, who did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, we love that movie. It's really, it's, Great movie. We have one brain, by the way, in case yeah. anyone was wondering. <laughs> uh, so we're going to look at The Nice Guys, starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling next week. Movie recommendations this week. I am going always on the theme of the movie we're looking at, The Huntsman Winter's War. My recommendations are, and because of Emily Blunt riding around on that bear, polar bear type thing, is The Golden Compass. Because Charlize Theron, I believe, in The Golden Compass, rides on a um, rides around on a bear. On a polar bear. Charlize does? Charlize Theron's in The Golden Compass, right? Huh. Who, who was the main star? It's, um... It's, uh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan rides around <laughs> it's, on she a... She played Bob Dylan. <laughs> Billy Bob Dylan. She played Bob Dylan. Yes. Kate. Not Winslet. Nope. <laughs> yes, I see her. Yeah. Yes, Kate. That's her. Kate. <laughs> She's blonde hair. Yep. Most of the time. Yeah. She rides on this. She rides on a polar bear, and that's what we're riding about. And the Golden Compass, unfortunately, was a series of movies planned. Didn't go so well, but that first movie is really cool. Cool special effects and a really interesting story. My second one is um, Maleficent, starring Angelina Jolie. Disney's take on <laughs> what's it a take on? Cinderella. Maleficent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because the baby and the... They all have a baby girl and an evil stepmother. They do, don't they? Um, they're all, they're all min- mixing together. Um, Into the Woods. That was kind of a bit creepy. They're cutting their toes off a bit. Always <laughs> freaks me out. <laughs> yes. When they're trying on the slippers. But in a funny way. They're like, oh, you know, we've got to try on the slipper and see if it fits. So she would cut, off her, she toes. cut her own toes off just to get her feet. Yeah. That's really... But it's funny. Yeah. But Maleficent, it's about, you know, it's Cinderella. It's the the queen from Cinderella. Correct. Yeah, uh, and Angelina Jolie plays it, and it is really good. That is on the side of darkness, really. Yeah. So and they're mine. Mine are going in line with telling you all the movies I've ever seen or attempting to keep track of all the movies I've ever seen, and I have hit the end of the Bs. I haven't really. I'm skipping over a bunch, but I'm into the Cs now because we're in alphabetical order, and I have. Butterflies are free. I've never heard of that. Yes, you have. It's the man who's completely paralyzed. From the car accident, and he can only see out of his left eye. That's not what that's called. It is. It's called the diving bell and the butterfly. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know what that. This one is on is. my list. <laughs> I don't know. The diving bell and the butterfly is the one you're talking about. You which are is, correct. Which is awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna put that one on there. Yeah. Let's butterflies. Are I don't know. Fuck knows. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you thought that that's. What I that did. Was. Yeah. As soon as I saw that. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up now. All right. Um, anyway, cabin fever. Yes. 
Ter- that was that one commits to the grossness. Um, it, you will never think of shaving your legs the same way. Again. Never. That's what occurs to me every time. <laughs> uh, uh, even I'm thinking of it, I'm touching my leg. Look at me. Yeah. Like I'm protecting. It's really my gross. Little... That scene. Yeah. Basically, she's she's being zombified and Got she's disease. shaving her legs and just scrapes the skin right off. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even get grossed out. It's very rare that I have that stick in my mind. I can watch people get stabbed in the eye, stabbed in the ear, gutted, quartered, drawn. At uh, Halloween time, they've just remade Cabin Fever. Really? A new, the same film, but a new version of okay. it. Okay. And uh, I have it, and we'll watch okay. it at Halloween time. Yeah, I love my yeah. ha- my uh, my autumn horror movie yeah. world. Caddyshack, which you say you've never watched? I still never watched it. It's a classic? It's yeah. a golf movie. It's not a golf movie, but it has golf in it. It's yeah. Bill Murray, I've seen Chevy clips. Chase. It's basically all the other movies that have an underdog kid who's having a really hard time, and then these like rich assholes are the bullies and the jerks, and the kid has to then overcome, beat them in some kind of competition. Meatballs, it was a race, and this is golf. And, you know, it's the Water Boy is another example. <laughs> That's not a good example. Um, Cadillac Man, which I find... Uh, yes, Danny DeVito. Uh, no. No? He might be in it. Robin Williams. Yes. And Cadillac Man. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. So I vaguely remember it, but I remember thinking at the time how much I liked it. Yeah. And Calendar Girls. Which Calendar Girls is pretty fun. Pretty fun. A bunch it's of a older British ladies movie. who, uh, to raise money, uh, pose nude for a calendar. And that thing about that, when, when That's that happens, based on a true story. Yeah. Now happens all the time. It's like a common yeah. thing in England to get a calendar with old people and make it. <laughs> Well, we know about old people and porn. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. We just, okay, we've been watching Big Brother UK. Celebrity, Celebrity Big Brother UK. And one of the young ladies on it was on their X Factor and had a hard time on it. Something shitty happened, as it does in the Hollywoody kind of world, even in England. Lots of shit. Drama. They tried to dig up a past. So somebody on this one brings up something about how she's got a lot of sob stories. It's Celebrity Big Brother, so they kind of play off each other's bullshit, you know? And she just basically said, what he's trying to say, you know, I have a grandma who does porn and she blames me because I ruined her job. And now you looked it up and <laughs> she's 83 years well, old. Well, like she tells it, she's on the X Factor. She's about to do a performance. Right. They pull her to the side into a room and say, don't freak out. Because she didn't know. Right. She didn't know about anything. She said, don't freak out. But there's going to be a story in the papers on Monday that will change your life. But because... don't freak out. She said, what is it? She said, well... Your grandmother is a prostitute, and she's also in porn movies. And she said, no, my grandmother's really sweet. And she's really uppity. She said she's very proper. But but she's sweet, and she would not do that. But (laughs) her grandmother does do that. They showed them a clip of their grandma in a porno movie. Right, so her grandma does the kind of porn where 20-year-old young men (laughs) screw old old ladies. She's 83 years old. years old, So that exists. And the grandmother is kind of proud that she does. She's no. into. She loves it. Yeah, but she's not proud of it because she blames this granddaughter for getting well, famous. Well, I mean, she not, she's nothing. Obviously, she does it, and she's also a prostitute. And the grandmother says to the girl who's on the X Factor, "You have ruined my career. Yeah, you getting famous has ruined my shit. You've 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 sussed out everybody now knows my double life. Right. So now I can't do it because I'm too famous. Like it is. So when you're talking about older ladies getting photographed nude, well, they're, that's a this real is life. Actually, <laughs> and then, so on the, on the big brother, she said to, oh, she, to insult a person, she said, my grandmother is more famous than you. 
and she's more famous because she sucks dick <laughs> which is really funny <laughs> and it's like a real scenario it I'm is like real. wow that is insane yeah. like imagine that happening to you <laughs> I said which grandma that was my first question yeah. but uh, my grandma I'm thinking about my grandma <laughs> if I found that about my grandma it would be the most shocking thing I'd be like what I don't even I can't even comprehend see, it see it's those prim and proper ladies yeah. who go to church every day so um yeah so games and ace scully stuff nothing off topic very very I've been playing this game called this is the police remember the game papers please yeah that I talked about I loved it talked was, about Jesus you were obsessed for months yeah I finished that like I did all the endings it was like 20 endings I got all of them it's so fun it was about like you were on an immigration desk and people were trying to come into the country in this Russian country that you had to kind of figure people out by looking at all these pieces of paper. It's like a, a, a It admi- sounds lame, but it's like an administration job. <laughs> it's like really interesting though. <laughs> sounds fantastic. So this game, This Is the Police, is a very, very similar game. But you are a a police chief in a corrupt police district. And you're being kind of pressured from all over the place to the mafia wants some of you. The city hall wants you to do bad things sometimes. But your day-to-day life as this police chief is you have this big map. It shows you the city. And and jobs come up. they like little cards in the corner and it'll say, your first job today is there's been a... Somebody's been taken kidnap uh, over here in this district. So you send you have a certain amount of policemen at the bottom of the screen that you can click to send to the, each job. Now, if it's a job and it says it's like, oh, there's been a shooting and it's like very dangerous... And you only send one police officer to that. Now that might end up with that police officer not coming back because you were a twat and you only sent one guy. You could have sent a SWAT van. You could have sent three guys. So it's all about managing this small amount of police officers that you've got and all the crimes that come in every day, making decisions quickly. Like, hmm, there's a cat stuck in a tree. Do I send one guy or do I send five guys? Because it could be more serious than the cats looking a tree. But you forget the part about it being racist. Well, no, I was getting to that. The uh, But the game is about managing the police force day to day. But there's a story after each day ends. There's a cutscene and it tells more of this story, which is about you're, you're not corrupt. You are corrupt, but you don't really want to be. It's just being in this position forces you to be corrupt a lot of the time. So they say. So one of the early missions is the City Hall say, just off the cuff, Hey, Chief of, Chief of Police, within the next two days you need to fire all the black cops on your um, on your payroll. No reason given. We just need you to fire all the black <laughs> cops. So you look at that message coming in and you're like, Why exactly? Turns out they send you another thing the, the day after saying, Yeah, well... Black cops are not actually, in our opinion, doing the job well. I feel that they're corru- corruptible more easily because of the these black neighborhoods that we need to patrol. And, and this doesn't sound racist to you. I mean, it is very ra- it's very racist from a point of view of the city hall, right? But from it's a very point of view. a very real scenario that, when faced with it, and, you know, you're playing this game where you're trying to succeed as this guy who's kind of corrupt or being corrupted. It's a it's an interesting decision to have to make. It's very interesting. Now, you'd feel like, do I do I send these... Do I fire all these black cops? 
one of the things is you look at the personnel files for all your black cops. I only had two black cops in my district anyway, but both of them were perfect police officers. They had ribbons. They uh, never had a late day. They were never sick. There was no reason to fire them. I could have just fired them, <laughs> like, you know, to get on with the game. But I decided not to fire them at all. Now, you can make a decision to fire them. I don't know what happens. When you don't fire them, City Hall said, we're going to remember this. So, you know what I did? I made the, I made it my next point when I'm hiring the day after, to hire all black cops. Because I want to try and antagonize the City Hall. Oh, so, there you go. So, there are... It's interesting to me, very interesting, like, that I don't know what comes later... The Mafia are trying to pressure me a little bit, making me pay money every every day, which I'm trying not to do. Um, but you're in charge of the police. It's very corrupt. Who knows what's going to happen? It got racist pretty quick. It might get all kinds of things. Oh, there was one thing where I had to... There was a criminal incident going on in a sex shop. I sent two cops to go and deal with it. And then one of the decisions was, pull your gun and try and... A guy in the sex shop has got a hostage. Pull your gun and shoot the guy. And let the hostage go. Or throw one of the sex toys at the guy. Or throw a rubber doll at the guy. There's weird decisions like that. Now, who knows why <coughs> a cop would go into a sex shop and see a, a hostage and throw a, a, a vibrator at the guy. You wouldn't do that, would you? But you want to do it because you want to see... what What is that? Why is that, why is that an option? So... It's called This Is The Police. It's on Steam. It's really fun in that way that if you liked Papers, Please, I think you would like this game. So, Sid Talk, what is on Sven Gulli? What is Sven Gulli and what is on it? is a uh, horror host who is on Saturday nights. Dresses think up Elvira. Elvira. Yeah. yeah. And lots of others. Those. Where they introduce a classic old either monster flick or horror movie and then enter interspersed in there around the commercial breaks are little skits and little things and they've got their own little world that they live in and we have come to really enjoy this Saturday night ritual and tonight is Black Castle which I do not have any idea about except that it has Bela Lugosi in it yeah so we'll see how that goes I love these they're so it's not fun. from 1952 alright and uh, what was your next question what's for dinner what's for dinner tonight well, I'm getting very hungry. Same so. thing we have been having every night, and it's Jimmy John's. We had Subway one night, which was really good, I must admit. I was good, how good it but, was. The, but their chips were not... The chips aren't as good. Should we have Subway tonight, then? Uh -huh. They don't have a drive-thru. They don't? <laughs> I'm very lazy. <laughs> I was going to go without even putting my shoes on. No, but, let's uh, have Jimmy John's, because their chips are good. And now... I mean, I don't know if I should be proud of this. Your but, advice? Uh, when I pull up to the Jimmy John's drive-thru oh. and I start to speak, they go, hold on, hold on. They and know. there's like four of them now who are like, hold on, let me see if I get this right. You want a number six, easy avocado, leave the bread in, cut in half, and another number six, easy avocado with the uh, peppers and onions and the kind of, yes. They do know. And uh, a couple of them know the chips that we get, and I just think it's hilarious. I think it's better them knowing your sandwich order, then you go to a bar and they know exactly what drink you need. It's <laughs> well, not... I've been there too. <laughs> I've walked into many bars in my youth where by the time I got to the bar, my glass I'll of go beer into was a there. brothel and they know exactly what you want. Okay, I've not, I've not gone into a brothel. <laughs> but uh, I have gone into my local grocery store where they know things about you, you know? 
what you how much hamburger you're going to want, what kind of toilet paper you buy, whatever. It's kind of the same principle. How much toilet paper you need for a week. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yes. Um, and my advice is very simple. You know, I'm usually kind of preachy about stupid shit, even though I'm not preachy about preachy stuff. This is very simple. Like, I'm putting together, and have been for over a year now, in bits and pieces, not constantly, just plans for my 30th class reunion. And I'm talking about, I'll spend like the last four days, I've been working on the slideshow, and I tinker with other stuff, and I, you know, but over the time, I have a really good time doing it. Now, in the meantime, things like my sister's husband isn't well, you know, he has a really bad heart problem, so I'm concerned about them. I haven't gone to them, they live a few hours away. But think about that. I keep checking in with her, send her the text. So she's having a hard time. And yet when I do talk with her, chat with her, text her, she's upbeat and she's finding fun things to kind of try to do in the middle of their thing. And in life, if you have a good time, this is my advice, have a good time. Like make your time good in between the stuff that isn't good. Because then the stuff that isn't good I feel like you're, it's like you're, you're more prepared, right? Because you're not, I know people who it's just this constant. So pity. Yeah. Dark, like, just like. That's going to make you feel old. And I think it makes you feel old. And then when something actually traumatic and bad and big life issues that happen, You've been making such a big fucking deal about the littlest shit, like how bored you are at your job. Really? You get paid to sit on your ass and be bored, and you're going to actually, it's actually a thing for you to just go on and on about it and how the job market isn't right, and my education puts me right up there, but I can't get a job, and uh, and yet, so now when something bad would happen, I just feel like those people... They're already wallowing in the mud constantly. How do you come up out of that to deal with the hard thing? True. You've already reduced everything else to being so trivial. I mean, you've raised everything that's trivial up to this level of heightened being depressed. And I don't mean literally depressed, like the actual mental illness part kind of depressed, but this like, poor me. Ugh, ugh, ugh. So I say fuck that. Have a good time in the meantime. And I don't mean have a good time like screw it and don't pay your bills and run around the streets naked and rip down people's fences and be a jerk and knock on people's door at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I'm just saying. Some people find things that are a good time to be destructive and and kind of hateful to other people. I just mean in the moment, like me, Mason, with all this little stuff from my class reunion. Watching a a cool movie. I watch a good movie. You know, and in the meantime, also thinking about possible negative things in life that are occurring, that if the situation comes up, I have recharged my battery enough. Maybe that's it. You're charged up to deal with it. Whereas if you spend all that energy constantly being a big fucking drag, you're not, you're not ready for the big thing. And also it's insulting to the big thing that could happen because you've made it sound like, oh, well, you know. My car's a piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. Ah, just makes you want to choke people. That's how positive I am. I, um, I, I had a karate chop them a to cycling the mishap this week. Uh, I had a cycling mishap did. last year where I, my tire blew out when I was riding down the trail. This week, <laughs> one of my spokes snapped <laughs> while riding down the trail, which is 
a weird thing because immediately your wheel yeah, becomes... Yeah, when you drove away from me, your wheel It's wheel like, like a comedy uh, clown wheel. <laughs> it was. Um, so I had to undo my brakes to ride home. But we had a good time. Yeah. See? But... Because your spoke, your broke, your spoke being broken, while your first instinct... Well, you are quite negative in these things sometimes. Your first instinct is, well, I guess I don't have a bike and I won't be riding and blah, 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 blah. I can't afford to buy a new bike. And that was it. But the fact was it just needed to be fixed for $15 and that was it. $17. Actually, this is interesting. For the rest of the ride, we had a good time. If you break your spoke on your bike uh, and you don't, you don't know how to fix spokes, it's kind of a... It's not something that... If I asked ten people, the ten of those people wouldn't know what I was talking about. So to fix a spoke in a wheel, it's a thing where they have to fix it and then straighten the wheel again. So they need like equipment to do it. But um, it it literally costs seventeen dollars to fix the wheel, and the wheel's straighter than it was when it went in there uh, before the spoke snapped. So yeah, it's cheap. Find a bike shop if you're into biking. If you have a good bike shop in your area. I think you should go in there and have things done and pay them money because I don't think bike shops thrive. I think they're kind of there and just functioning, you know? Seems are, like it. There are a lot of cyclists, but I think a lot of cyclists like to do it themselves, you know? If something breaks, they just... Because I do but most I mean, we have three bike shops in a town of only 50,000 people. We do, people, but so we also have a, tra- a trail that is aimed at cyclists. Right, but there's not hundreds of cyclists on it every day. No. So you have but to realize, but they stay, but there's, but there's not. We see like three or four a day. Yeah, but we're only in a small section of the... We're as close to this right. town as you can get. So yeah. I think it's the big events and the constant... Plus you don't see people riding on the streets hardly. You should definitely go... But three bike shops are able to maintain, and one of them's a snobby one. Yeah. So. But uh, if you've got a bike shop in your town and you have a bike, and your bike... Say your bike is, uh, you've got a bike and you don't ride it because it's kind of rusty and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Take it to your bike shop. They'll fix it. Then again, uh, this bike shop it seems particularly inexpensive. Like, we both bought pedals for $10. Yeah, it is, it is pretty cheap. And they're good. And the bikes that they have, uh, and I looked online, they have a lot of bikes on It's a showroom for bikes. They seem to be like $200 cheaper than everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. They've been there 35 years. They're proud to tell you that. Yeah, I think they're just... We're a little off topic here, by the way. Well, it's part of having good time, riding True. your bike. Having and- a, yes. And I, you know me, everybody should know by now, I hate exercise. Hate it, hate it, hate it. And yet, getting on that bike a couple of years ago was like the thing that... I think it was only a year ago. Was last it? summer we started. Last, well, February when I first did it the very first time of last year. Not last year. Was it just last year? Yeah, it was last year because <gasps> we just... Damn. Didn't. Yeah. And uh, it gives me pleasure. Even when I have a really bad day and it was really hard to pedal the other day because it was wet and it was kind of mucky. And yet, I'm still always looking forward to the next time. Having a good time. All right. So, uh, I'll remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitter.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the Google Play Music Store, iTunes Music Store, RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can also email me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk. She really dislikes email. Because she really dislikes you. You and email. Um, <laughs> and stay classy, Miss Charlize Theron. Very classy lady. Very involved in her job. It seems I, to be. I feel like she really takes on a character and she's it. Even if it's a goofy one. And I'd like to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 